Well, if you haven't been able to notice outside, uh, there's a lot of uh, activity going on out there, right? And you might have thought, well, the parking lot, man, there's a lot of people in church this morning. Um, And would it be so? I mean, that would be a wonderful thing if all those people were coming in here. But we do have a good crowd. This is a good parade crowd this morning. Uh, But the uh, Highland Parade begins at 2 o'clock today, and it will wind its way from uh, down uh, just south of Ockley and come through the neighborhood and uh, come all the way around. And so people are getting all ready for that and doing different things, and some people are already drunk, some people are working on their drunk, uh, and others are sobering up from last night's parade. And so uh, we live about half a block from the uh, end of the uh, the Gemini and the Centaur parades, and so the last two weekends, I mean, we just we're used to seeing people stumbling across, uh, laying out in front of our house, or uh, looking for a place to go to the bathroom, all that good stuff. Uh, but it always tells me this is about the time for a new season, right? It is the end of Mardi Gras, and that will be marked um, this. Uh, Wednesday, as Ash Wednesday begins us in this new season of Lent. Uh, but it's a changing of the church year. And every time there's a new season, there's something new to do, right? Just like with the uh, seasons, uh, fall and winter and spring and summer, there's always something that you ought to do before that season begins. If it's uh, getting into winter, you uh, cover your pipes, you do different things, bring your plants that are delicate, bring them inside so they don't freeze. With spring, you might till your garden, you might uh, do some spring cleaning on your house or whatever it is um, that you need to do. Well, the same thing happens with us as we change into this new season of the Christian year. And that is uh, this season of Lent. It is 40 days if you subtract the Sundays and a few other days in there, you'll come up with 40. Uh, And it is a season of preparation. And you'll hear more about that uh, on Wednesday as we have our Ash Wednesday service. Well, as we heard in our readings today, especially in the reading from 2 Peter, uh, there is something there that Peter wants his churches. He's writing to a a group of churches in really what would be considered modern-day Turkey, Uh, and he mentions Cappadocia, all these different places. He's writing to them because he wants them to know some things. And as he reflects in the first chapter of uh, 2 Peter, uh, he realizes that he's about to get in some really big trouble, that people are coming after him for preaching the gospel and for living out the resurrection and sharing that with other people. And so he talks about his death. He's foreshadowing a little bit of what is to come. He can just feel it. And as he writes about this, he is wanting to prepare his churches for his absence, but also to prepare them for the same people that are coming after him, that all of them are targets now because they are followers of Jesus. And so Peter writes some things to them that they need to understand. And so 2 Peter just has some really good applications that are there for them. But the main point of our text this morning is for them to be attentive. To be attentive. And we know Peter was one of those that was mentioned in our gospel reading this morning. 
This mount of transfiguration. And that's what Peter is writing about in his letters. He is uh, alluding to that. That he himself was there. He was an eyewitness to what took place back then. And I love some of these. um, This is an icon. And uh, you can see some of the interaction that's going on there. Uh, And we know that Peter, James, and John were the leaders of the disciples. They were the ones that Jesus had poured a little more of his time into. He trusted them maybe a little bit more than the others. He may have seen more leadership potential in their lives. And so he leaves all the other disciples at the base of the mountain. And he says, you guys come with me. We're going to go up to this mountain. And uh, I'm sure they were like, what are we, why? We've been hiking all day. We're tired. And he says, no, y'all come on up because I want you to see something. And so as they go up the mountain, they see Jesus transfigured and Um, As they look up, they notice Moses or what looks like Moses on one side of him and Elijah on the other. And Jesus right in the middle and he is just blazing. He's just white, brilliant white, uh, his appearance. Like there is this great uh, radiance that is upon him. This light from heaven that is shining upon him. He is illuminated before them. He is caught up in majesty and glory, and they're seeing all of this. And Peter, who is always their spokesman, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, he's like, wow, Jesus, this is incredible. We'd like to stay here. We're going to put up some tents, one for me, one for the other two guys, and heck, we'll even do one for Moses and Elijah. And so that's what takes place there. And you can see some fear, some bewilderment, lots of things that are going on there. I love um, how different artists represent the gospel text in different ways. Uh, This one is an African uh, painting. And you can see there uh, Moses and Elijah and Jesus in the middle. And you can see uh, Peter, James, and John off to the side. You can kind of see Peter like, what? What's going on here? Uh, there's this one, uh, a Navajo uh, painting, and you can see there uh, this representation uh, as they uh, read this text and what that means to them. And they see Jesus there in, in the middle and Moses and Elijah, uh, like these two great tribal chiefs that are there and Jesus coming to fulfill the prophecy of what had been written about them. Uh, we also see this, uh, and I think, I don't know if this is in the Sistine Chapel or not, uh, but you can see Moses and Elijah represented there by an Italian uh, painter, you know, who is um, reading this text and, and interpreting that for himself and for his own people. But all of this, in the midst of all this, uh, Peter remembers, and he writes to these churches, and he's saying to them, I was up on that mountain one day, and... I almost missed it. I was a little scared. In fact, maybe he said, I didn't even want to go up to the mountain. I didn't know what we were doing. But I went and I got to see this amazing thing about Jesus. Jesus just became glorified right in front of us. And we heard this voice. You know, this is my son. Listen to him. And so Peter is writing to them long after the death and resurrection of Christ, and he's saying, continue to stay attentive to all that Jesus said 
all that He did and all that God continues to show you about Him through the Holy Spirit. Pay attention. Because you're going to need to pay attention. There are things that are coming. And you're going to really need to stay close to Jesus and really listen to Him. This past week uh, at the Super Bowl that the uh, Chiefs won, um, there were some commercials and different, um, I mean, some really funny commercials. Did anybody watch the Super Bowl? Okay, good. So you saw some of these commercials, and some were good, some were not so good, just as always. But the He Gets Us commercials, anybody see any of these? Okay. Uh, they've been showing before the Super Bowl, and some of them continue to show. And they've been a little bit controversial because uh, one of the big investors in this is the Hobby Lobby guy. Uh, and there's been you know, a lot of controversy about him and some different things connected with Christian nationalism and um, you know, fake artifacts and all kinds of stuff. But there are other investors involved with this as well. And I remember when I was watching these commercials and I didn't know who was presenting them, I thought, man, these are, these are really good. These are incredible. And this one in particular uh, is about how Jesus, uh, they show all these refugees, you know, coming and, and uh, whether they're coming across the border uh, or they're, you know, marching up from the jungles down in South America. Um, the whole thing is about Jesus was a refugee. And he gets us. You know, that's the whole point here. They'll show other uh, things, whether it's, um, you know, violence in the streets or uh, racial uh, interactions, racial violence, different things. And uh, maybe somebody that's on drugs, uh, somebody who's lonely and sad. And then they present this message. He gets us. So some of the people who are really conservative Christians, they're like, man, that's not my Jesus. He wasn't a refugee because we're supposed to keep refugees from coming in this country or whatever. And then some on the, on the uh, left um, are saying, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, one of these guys is you know, a little bit shady. We're not, we're not real sure about what they're trying to do here. There's got to be a trick here somewhere. We like what it's saying, but we're not sure what they're trying to do here. And I don't know. When I look at them, I just go, well, that seems to be like Jesus to me. Uh, and so I'm like, well, the more that message that can get out, the better, right? So, um, but there are different ways that we look at Jesus. And it seems like here lately, um, and one of the reviewers of these commercials was saying that Jesus is being reintroduced to America. Um, and so you kind of go, well, like, did Jesus, did everybody forget about Jesus? Yeah, <laughs> it seems like, seems like we have, right? Uh, whether this is the tool to reintroduce us to, I, you know, I don't know yet, but I think it's a good thing and that we're all paying attention. We're talking about these commercials. And so we're talking about Jesus and that can't go wrong. It's a good thing for us to pay attention to Jesus. Well, as we enter this new season of Lent, we too, like Peter's churches and like America and people all around the world, we too must be attentive to Jesus, to what we have seen and to what we have heard in the epiphany. And we've been talking about that since we uh, recognized, you know, the Magi coming 
and paying homage to Jesus and the epiphany that they had and the shepherds had and Mary and Joseph had and the angels and everybody around them was having as they were seeing the light of Christ and paying attention to it. And so we are to pay attention to that as well, especially as we move forward with Him in this world and in the things that He has called us to do in this world. Well, how can we do that? I mean, how does that work for us if we say in these next 40 days? And by the way, did you catch that in Exodus? How many days was Moses with God on the mountain? 40 40 days and 40 nights. There's something to that 40. There's always, if you look throughout Scripture, there is always something about 40, whether it's 40 years, like wandering around in the wilderness, uh, or 40 years that Moses was uh, fleeing out in Egypt, I mean, out in the desert from Egypt. Um, Jesus spending 40 days in the wilderness as a preparation for ministry. Think about it, 40. So you and I, We have 40 days to spend in preparation. To spend, and and I like the phrasing that's up here, uh, prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Those are some of the things that we can do in preparation for Easter as we get ready for the holiest week of the year. As we get ready to celebrate Easter, there are things that we need to do first. So one of the things that we can do is um, we can get ready by planning what we are going to do and how we will observe the season of Lent. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, uh, what what are you giving up for Lent? And I had to think because I really hadn't thought about it. I mean, this was like two days ago. Well, um, I need to think about that. And I also need to think about what I'm going to take on. During life. It's not just what you give up, but it could be what you take on. What kind of discipline will you have in this next 40 days? What kinds of things will you do? What kinds of things will you not do? Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's on Fridays. And Friday, Fridays are always good days uh, to, to have a form of discipline, whether it's... Um, Getting up early, reading your Bible, or giving up something, maybe giving up sugar that day, or giving up meat. Something that reminds you to be disciplined in your spiritual life. What are you going to do? What will you do on the Fridays for the next four weeks? What will you do to grow your spiritual life? What will you do to listen? And I want you to think about that. And... um, on Wednesday, we're going to um, have a form of commitment during the Ash Wednesday service, and you don't have to share it with anybody. In fact, I, I'm not going to ask for anybody to share it, but I, I will remind you to think about it uh, and to make a commitment to the Lord uh, for those uh, next 40 days at that time. But also, you can do it by um, being with others. Isn't that important for us to do? that we would spend time in preparation with others. I think that's what we're supposed to do. Maybe doing the daily office each day. If you look in the Book of Common Prayer, or if you don't have a Book of Common Prayer at home, um, you can get a free app. Just go to your app store, whatever kind of phone you have, and type in Book of Common Prayer, and you'll see some free alternatives that are there. 
Uh, and you can read through, the, you could have a morning prayer, a noonday prayer, an evening prayer, or you could just pick one of those and say, I'm just going to do a noonday prayer every week. Before I eat lunch, I'm going to do it. It's a, short, it's a short little prayer. And you could do that. Or uh, get up every morning and, and go through the morning prayer. And as you do so, you're doing it with other people all around the world. And you're reading the same texts as other people around the world. It's a powerful and amazing thing. Uh, maybe it's by doing evening prayers. And one of the things that I'm going to do is set up uh, evening prayers throughout these four, next 40 days. And it will be on our Facebook page. And um, you'll be invited to, um, to click on there. It's either going to be um, at 6 or at 7 p.m., and you can just get on there, and we're going to read the prayers together via Zoom that's feeding into Facebook. Uh, we're going to do that on every day except Wednesdays and Sundays. And so you'll be invited to come and be a part of that online. Um, it also um, could be showing up here this Wednesday for Ash Wednesday. We're going to have, we're cheating a little bit. Is that okay? We're cheating a little bit. We're taking Shrove Fat Tuesday and putting it on Wednesday so that you don't have to come up here two, two nights out of the week. But we're going to um, have pancakes from five to six. And then, uh, yeah, somebody said, mm. <laughs> So you can get all that sugar, everything. And, and then uh, at six o'clock from about six to 6.30, we're going to have um, Ash Wednesday service and the imposition of ashes. And so I hope you'll come and be with others to start Lent with other people. Also, uh, making, making a commitment to attend every Sunday during Lent, that you would come and uh, receive the sacrament of Holy Communion, that you would make a commitment to say, that is so important, I'm going to do it every Sunday to be there, to be with others. But also, uh, and one of the things that would go along with almsgiving would be serving other people. So we can be attentive to Christ by serving other people. In fact, for me, that's really the best way. I can be attentive because I see Christ in the people that I serve. And we realize God's image is in everybody. One way you can do that is Thursday. It's uh, our week to host and serve the Highland Blessing Dinner uh, by coming and serving other people. You could do it serving in a clothing closet, collecting items for basic necessities, helping with the immigrant ministry, uh, doing something for the veterans at the Veterans Center. You can do any of those things in the next 40 days and to say, I'm going to be regular with that. I'm going to pay attention to what Christ is doing in other people's lives by serving them. Well, whenever we would travel with our kids, whether it was uh, by train, plane, or automobile, um, usually... Um, I would look over and we would be like passing through the mountains and there would be this beautiful uh, mountain scene. Or maybe as we were flying and, and flying over something that was really gorgeous and, and uh, wanting them to pay attention. And, and like most kids, what do you think they were doing? Picking their nose. <laughs> okay, well that's true. Picking their nose. Yeah. Not like children. <laughs> Um, typically mine were like, you know, looking at a video game or had their headphones on and were doing something at the same time. 
My son was always watching The Office uh, on whatever device he was looking at, um, which probably wasn't a good idea at his age. But, um, but they weren't looking, so I would say, look, you're missing all of this. Look out your window. Look what you're missing. This is why we're taking this vacation, so that you can see these things. And they didn't look. <laughs> yeah, for a minute. And I just wonder what we're missing when we're so busy with other things, when we're not paying attention to what God is doing. To echo the words of God from that mountain. May we all hear them. This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. Listen. May we do so in this season of Lent. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and join together and recite the Nicene Creed, please. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty.